you back to our program today as we can going to be continuing on uh, with our series we've been doing on spiritual sickness and today we're going to be in lesson number 10 causes and cures thank you very much for tuning into our broadcast here at Berkeley Evangelistic Association thank you so much for the privilege it is for us to be able to broadcast these studies to you and I pray that they would be a blessing to you let's have our opening prayer and we'll get right into our lesson father thank you today for once again lord the ability that we have to broadcast this message lord we just praise you and lift up your word above and beyond beyond anything that we know father that jesus is our brother and and our lord and master and we thank you father for uh for him that he's your only begotten son lord and that you gave as a sacrifice your life for our sins that you did not deserve and we do not deserve your grace father we should not deserve anything except the fires of hell for the sinful nature that we are but father for some reason that we don't understand and it's a mystery to us that we do not know why you love us so much but we thank you that you do and we pray all this in jesus name be with us now be with everybody listening by uh internet that you would be with them father bless them in a mighty way and we pray this in his jesus name amen amen causes and cures uh we want to look at first at luke uh, chapter 5 verses 30 through 32 and it says here but there are scribes and pharisees mumbered against his disciples saying why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners and jesus answering said unto them they that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick i came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And speaking of those that are righteous, our Lord was referring to those that were self-righteous, as represented by the scribes and the Pharisees. They thought themselves to be whole because of their prestigious and holy position, but Jesus wanted to reveal to them that they were not of a condition worthy of his calling. On the contrary, Jesus was interested in sinners who were in a repentant condition and recognized the necessity of a Savior. They would be receptive of Jesus, of his uh, desirous, of his instructions. Okay, because what's being said here is that the scribes and Pharisees were so hyped up on themselves and, and promoted themselves to a higher level that Jesus knew that he would not be able to get uh, information to them that they would not uh, receive him so he went to the sinners which are thank goodness that he did because we're, we were sinners also and we recognize the necessity that we need someone to save us we need a savior now the condition of these scribes and pharisees has existed all through the ages the conditions of the current world include an attitude of self-sufficiency pride and intellectual independence scripture study can become an intellectual challenge rather than a spiritual hungering and spiritual desire becomes secondary or is lost entirely when truth touches the heart sanctification should be the result truth is provided for those who seek for uh, spiritual 
uh, benefit and when truth is used as an intellectual project, void of the true purpose, spiritual sickness results. Now, we had a series some time back about um, standing against Satan, and one of the uh, objects is found in, in Ephesians chapter 6 is truth, is truth. And in there it says, what is truth? And, and that's what... Uh, they said to Jesus when he was on trial and he stood before them, he was, he was the truth. Jesus was the truth and everybody denied it. So we want to be careful not to deny the truth, which is Jesus Christ. The natural man, the natural man is often alerted to a, a health problem because he experiences symptoms. Some of these symptoms might be weariness of exhaustion, indigestion, headaches, high blood pressure, infections, uh, certain pains, and so forth and so on, affecting various parts of the body. When the natural man experiences symptoms of illness, he seeks relief from his uh, discomfort through remedies, okay, medications, or perhaps a visit to the doctor. And we know that if we have a backache, a headache, or whatever, well, we will go for the aspirin or the ibuprofen, and we want to take something to, to, uh, to uh, calm the pain and an accurate diagnosis from a trained physician may be necessary before steps can be taken to relieve the patient from the illness. And these natural symptoms of illness can serve as an example of the spiritual symptoms that may serve as warning signs to the new creature regarding his spiritual health. Now, one of the things I've always said and still do is that if you have a, a situation where you're suffering, please do not speak uh, vocally that you are suffering with a headache or your back hurts or whatever the case may be because the devil will hear you hear you, and that will become your confession that you're confessing that you are sick and still confess and believe that Jesus Christ can make you feel better and it, I'm not saying that uh, you know God still heals who he who he will and who he wants to and and uh, sometimes he uh, God works through doctors that doctors can uh, prescribe the right stuff uh, to make you feel better or to heal you and we should never uh, just say that I'm going to go to a faith healer and I'm going to believe uh, that God can heal me and that's the onlyest way that God can heal you. Please don't do that because God uses doctors and different things in the world for, for healing and you will get better. But God is still in the healing business if it's his will to do so. It is his will. He wants everybody to be healed. And uh, sometimes people are healed and sometimes they're not. And sometimes people say you didn't have enough faith, which that's ridiculous because Jesus said if you have faith just as a mustard seed, you can be healed. And God will heal. It comes to, to believing that you can be healed. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, is there, there's a chapter, uh, a lesson that we did earlier about uh, the thorn in Paul's flesh, and he prayed three times for God to remove it, and God would not remove the, the thorn in the flesh. So see, he had a thorn in the flesh, an irritation of something that hindered him, but in the end result, it significantly boosted his uh, spiritual growth. So God has a purpose for all things that he does. Just trust in God and walk with him. So examples of spiritual sickness may be uh, the new creature who, um, one who is begotten and quickened by the Holy Spirit, okay, someone just got saved, can experience spiritual sickness. 
Here's an example. Spiritual weariness may manifest itself with symptoms of preferring to um, be in the company of those who are not new creatures. In other words, you're around uh, people that are still out in sin and, and the loss of enthusiasm as a soldier of the cross. In other words, you lose your enthusiasm for Jesus because you're exposed greatly to people around you that sin is in the world and being exposed to it can make you weary. Okay, just as weariness is a symptom of the natural man, it should serve as a warning of spiritual illness to the new creature or new believer. In this condition, the new creature may forsake opportunities to witness and strive less to make his calling and election sure. Another example of sickness to the natural man is eye infection. The eye records events that occur in life. When the natural eye is infected and vision is impaired, the natural man suffers. Not only is pain endured, but total life style is limited. Normal everyday functions become difficult or impossible. In comparison, the spiritual eye of faith regards the daily experiences and lessons gained in the Christian walk to strengthen and encourage the new creature or the new believer. The spiritual eye eyes are able to uh, discern the truth and allow one to gain wisdom in daily decisions. However, if an infection occurs, spiritual loss results in vision or understanding of the scriptures becomes limited. Ultimately, the new, the new believer uh, must turn to the great physician for relief of spiritual illness and trust in his overruling power for a cure. Now, we say this, uh, uh, I, I've suffered with this myself. Physically, I had a torn retina in my eye and, and I couldn't use that eye for several weeks. And uh, it, it was a great hindrance to me, uh, but it was a physical thing and, and it had to heal. But on the same token, I could use my spiritual eyes if I don't place my spiritual eyes on the Word of God and use them for the godly things that, that uh, I should use them for, I can be discouraged and, and receive a sinful infection, if you will, from the world by what I see because it registers in my mind. As the loss of vision affects the spiritual conditions, so also does the loss of hearing. The hearing of faith strengthens Christian's character and increases oneness with the Lord. If a loss of hearing is experienced, the scriptures or teachings of our Lord may not be heard properly, causing a loss of scriptural uh, knowledge and limited spiritual development. Again, the heart condition also reflects the spiritual health of the new creature. Only the great physician can properly diagnose the heart condition, just as a natural heart may need medication and a change in diet, so the great physician, Jesus Christ, provides the proper prescription for the cure of heart illness. So let's go uh, unto perfection. Uh, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. This is Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. So when spiritual sickness is experienced, a revival and review 
of those basic principles which initially brought one to the Lord is necessary. What is said here is that confession, repentance, rededication. You need to come back into the, to the fellowship of God uh, to get relieved of the same. So, so these may be elementary doctrines or principles of truth which were applied in past experiences. Sometimes problems of spiritual sickness are the result of negligence in applying the scriptures to a daily experience. In other words, you didn't read your Bible every day and you started getting weaker and farther and farther away from God. Rather than merely learning the truths and, and review will reinforce what has already been laid as a foundation of truth and the Christian is ready to proceed to maturity by adding to his foundation of faith. You know, there's people that, uh, that know specific verses in the Bible. They have them memorized or they read them and, and, and they don't want to hear them again because I've already, I already know that, I've read that. Yet the Bible is capable of producing a different effect or a different meaning of the same scripture to different people, including yourself. Today I can read John 3.16 and get a meaning out of it or a feeling in my heart or in my spirit. Tomorrow I could read the same verse and get a different feeling. So never try to say that God is going to be repetitious in what he does because he changes uh, his, his uh, change for us naturally is a day-to-day -day experience. God's word is always having different meanings for different folks on different days and so forth, but it has the same principle of what it's trying to teach. Okay, the word repentance in Hebrews 6.1 means reformation. Uh, not only is repentance involved, but an actual reformation is involved also. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, the Apostle Paul says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. He is referring first to repentance and then ref reformation. Our faith is a practical application of repentance and reveals a reliance upon the foundation of truth as a basic of life. An honest assessment of character must be made realigning it with the foundation. Christ says he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is. There is no other way to the Father except by Jesus Christ. By following him and feeding upon his words, Christian development automatically develops. This is medication for the new creature in Christ. A transformation occurs. A reformation of character takes place, and faith is aligned with the truth, which is Jesus Christ. The power of truth sanctifies. Okay, the power of truth sanctifies. With the blessing of everlasting truths, proper application provides spiritual growth and good health, allowing clearer vision and focus on spiritual goals. By the Lord's grace, the fight of faith is fought. In yielding to God or submitting to his will, that is leaving, Hebrews 6.1, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, or excuse me, yes, Christ, a condition of trusting in God's power, sanctification results. Therefore, when feelings of spiritual sickness, pains, aches, infection, weariness, etc., etc., manifest themselves, go quickly before the Lord as the great physician and review those truths, 
which at one time brought the blessing of spiritual knowledge and closeness with the Lord. Now, spiritual cleansing, having therefore these promises, clearly, uh, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. But we have to confess our sins. That's the reason I said we have to confess. We have to speak the sin before God and say, will you forgive me of this, forgive me of this sin, whatever it might have been, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I can confess that I'm sick physically, and the devil will ensure that I am sick because he knows what I just said. I confess, I confess it. That's my confession. Yet my confession should, should be, forgive me, uh, Lord, for my sins, and then he can restore me uh, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So cleanliness is associated with the flesh in the sense that all mankind is born under the fallen condition of Adam. We know, we've talked about this a hundred times, that because of Adam, we have a sinful nature. No one can say that I'm without sin. You, even the Christians that are today, they, they are sinners still, even though they uh, believe in Jesus Christ, we still live in a world of sin, and we sin on a daily basis, whether we uh, know it or not. So the new creature, the new believer, manifests the new kind, or the new mind, in a fleshly body. But if the mind becomes influenced by the filthiness of the flesh, a cleansing process is necessary through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. A personal and sincere examination in determining the condition of faithfulness must be made in all of us. We all need to do this. In recognizing our faults and confessing sins, an attitude of repentance is obtained, attained and the repentance is required. With this condition of heart, the throne of grace must be approached and a renewing of faith is received from the great physician, Jesus Christ, allowing the, the Christian to proceed to perfection of holiness. Fellow new believers can assist and encourage one another with this cleansing process by participating in studies and sharing experiences and testimony meetings. That's the reason we share together. We have testimony services where we have testimonies of each other's uh, praises and, and problems. And then we come to the healing process. Now, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now this is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. A process is described in these verses. Bitterness comes from suppression of feelings, which eventually leads to passion or wrath controlled by the bitterness. 
Expression of words follows in the form of anger, and violent words reveal the original bitterness in the form of malice. This describes a possible practical experience of a new creature or a new believer. This type of behavior belongs to the flesh as inherited in Adam. Now, likewise, upon consecrating, the old man is buried, replacing the old man tendencies with kindness, tenderheartedness, and the thrill of forgiving, which is the spirit Jesus had. There is a progression in the growth of each new believer while striving to attain perfection. The truth gathered by the new believer sanctifies and prepares him for the inheritance of the saints. Jesus taught his followers to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Matthew chapter 6 verse 12. Sins are forgiven to the extent that forgiveness is offered to others. God is gracious to forgive. With recognition and confession of sin, a spirit of compassion, sympathy, generosity, understanding, and helpfulness toward others develops in the new creature. And then we come to the anointing. By the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. First John chapter 2, verse 27. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans 8, 16. Folks, people that go around and say, I don't know if I'm saved or not, and they're questioning their, uh, their, their being saved or being reborn, uh, they in fact are their, their flesh wants to refuse the fact that they, that they accepted Christ and that they're saved because if they were not saved, they wouldn't be asking themselves that question. Okay? The devil doesn't go around asking himself questions and saying, am I saved? The devil knows he's not saved. So Jesus frequently went up to the mountain, left the crowds behind, and sought privacy with his heavenly Father. He went and prayed by himself and talk to his father because God is interested in every, each and every one of us and what we're doing on a daily basis in our personal lives, each and every one of us, okay? He would spend all night, Jesus would spend all night in prayer. Following this example, the new believer needs to take time to speak with the father in prayer and seek knowledge of him by studying his word. Okay, we go back to the typical Sunday school lessons. Uh, we need to study the Word, and that's where we get the, the uh, Bible study is in our Sunday school classes or classes uh, in the evenings, whatever. You can't get enough of God's Word to be studied through the sermon or the preaching that's in the, the, uh, day, the morning service. You have to get into God's Word in the Sunday school environment. Time is required to permit the child of God to learn God's word and apply it in the daily experiences. Proof of the anointing is in the character of the new creature, which reflects spiritual growth and wisdom. We must have and desire to have a balanced life, okay? Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Now, yoke is a, an instrument that is put between two animals so that the 
would have two oxen in a yoke and they would pull together to get the job done where <clears throat> one of them wouldn't work harder than the other. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's Matthew chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. This yoke may be described as a bar or scale when using it to carry materials. That's what we were just talking about. It must be perfect, perfectly balanced, okay? or the carrier will feel awkward and fatigued, possibly causing him to stumble. Now Jesus is bearing, you're bearing the yoke with Jesus. Jesus is not gonna allow you to stumble. So if you stay in the yoke balanced with Jesus, you won't stumble, you'll be balanced with him. So these things that are burdensome are due to imbalance, see? That is untruths or influences of the world they distract the new believer from spiritual truths. Okay, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11, uh, verse 28. By communing with God, peace of mind is obtained, attained, and the power of truth works in the heart and mind, and burdens become light. When put in proper perspective with God's plan, through experience, the new creature appreciates the necessity of maintaining spiritual growth and learns to watch his daily affairs, always going to the throne of grace in time of need. So then Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Folks, this short time that we are here in this world is only the beginning of each of our individual lives. Our souls and our spirits will go to live somewhere for all eternity. There is nothing I can do. I think about this a lot, that when my time comes and I lay my head down and I'm not to arise again and my death comes upon me, I have absolutely, let me express that to you, when your body dies, you have absolutely no control of where your spirit goes, of what happens to your soul. It is God's spirit and soul that gave, he gave you that in the beginning. It belongs to him. It will come back to him, and that's where we get this the thing of judgment. If I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe that he died for my sins, and was resurrected on the third day by God the Father and lives with God and sits at his right hand and he uh, intercedes for me in prayer before the Father, before God and I believe in him with all my heart and all my soul and I believe that Jesus is the Son of God praise the Lord, he died for me and my sins are forgiven I will fear no evil for I'm going to be with him in eternity forever. I don't need to worry about things on earth, folks. I don't need to worry about where the next meal is going to come from because I trust in God to give me my needs of what I need. Okay? And I lift up his name, you know, and I, and I praise him and worship him. And that's what you have to do. You have to give your heart, your soul, and your very being 
to the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him and only him. Thank you so much for being with us today. I praise God for each one of y'all that are listening to this broadcast, and I thank you so much, so very, very much for your dedication, your faithfulness to come and listen, and I pray that it's a blessing to you. We have some more uh, uh, series that are going to come. Some are series and some are not, and they're going to be new things uh, coming out very soon, and we look forward. We're really excited about it, and we pray that you'll be with us and stay with us as we bring these new teachings to you from the scriptures. Let's have our closing prayer. Thank you again for being with us. Father, thank you today for your word and for this lesson. Father, teach us to have the zeal and the enthusiasm for your word that we had when we were new believers and new creatures in Christ. And Father, we just praise you and lift up your name above all names. Father, I pray that you'll be with each one that's listening tonight, today, Lord, that you would bless them Lord, in a way that they would know and realize that you are the true and living God and that Jesus would be real in their life and the Father, that they would accept him and believe in Jesus and be saved today. Lord, for those that are not saved, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will convict each one to the point of repentance. Father, be with us now. We go and, Father, we bring us back uh, next time with a new lesson and a new word that will come from you that we can share with the world through Berkeley Evangelistic Association. Thank you, Father, for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.